Today's episode of the Yin's Above Replacement podcast is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intelligence on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe from your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen to gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Doing. Welcome to episode 48 of the Yins Above Replacement Podcast, the Jared Hughes, Todd Ritchie, Oliver Perez Memorial episode. I am Rob Beertemple. I cover the Pirates for the Athletic here in Pittsburgh, and I am joined by the impossible to keep down, Stephen J. Nesbitt, impatiently waiting for baseball to return, for normalcy to return. But hey, we still have podcasts, right, Rob? <laughs> that we do, that we do. And I guess picking up on, on your point there, everybody is anxiously waiting for baseball to return. I think, though, the big question, the question that, that was in the back of my mind, even back in spring training when, when this all started to get hot and heavy, and it's only starting to come to the fore more and more, is will there be baseball in 2020? Um, at the beginning, it was a foregone conclusion for people. Sure, we'll get past this. We'll have ball. It'll be great. But now here we are a month into this with what looks to be a very, very difficult April for this country and for the world ahead of us still. Um, it, it seems a, a small question to ask, but this is a baseball podcast, so we will ask it. Stephen, will there be baseball in 2020? I think I've been on the more <clears throat> optimistic side so far. Not that it would happen May 1st, but that it would there would be enough time for um, you know, a second half at least. Maybe you skip the All Star game. Maybe you start with the All Star game, <clears throat> and you have at least have a, have a stretch run. And I'm not not there anymore. I, I still think it's totally a possibility if you look at what's happening. Um, you know, South Korea has been able to to make some baseball happen after getting hit hard. They it seems again, I'm not an expert on this, but it seems like they had some testing in place earlier, and maybe we're a little bit better prepared to be able to bounce back quicker. <clears throat> but I feel like as we're seeing these deadlines get extended and extended, um, we saw yesterday, I think it was Toronto got extended into, into June and it's going to be tough to see any possibility in my mind where there are fans in the stands this season. Um, I'm still maybe a little hopeful that, uh, the second half could happen. Uh, August and September could happen. Maybe <clears throat> extend it in October. Pardon me. And, and you just don't have fans in the stands and that would probably require having some, some like instant testing that you could test guys on the way to the ballpark. Uh, at that point, you'd have to have a surplus of tests if you're going to use up that many for baseball. Uh, plus, I'm sure football is going to want some and, and, uh, man, that's, uh, the football is a whole different conversation, but if you can imagine <laughs> yeah. like the NFL giving up its, its, uh, TV money for even just getting the players on the field, um, mm. that would be a, a massive step even beyond where we are. So, the bottom line is like we have no idea where we're going to be, so this is all 
you know, conjecture at this point, but it is shaping up more and more like it's going to be really tough to squeeze in a baseball season. And our colleague, Annie McCullough, wrote a pretty sobering story <laughs> yesterday of uh, tossing some cold water on, on our excitement, I guess, and, or our hope, just saying, like, what, what happens if they come back and someone, a, a player or a, a, a staffer, uh, test positive. Then what happens? You have, what happened in the NBA? They immediately shut down, and so did hockey. And it turned out a number of players in those leagues had uh, already had COVID nineteen. So if baseball were to come back and that happens, then you have to shut down again, and it's all for naught, uh, and you put players in jeopardy. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm still holding out hope that things will, as the weather gets warmer, as testing becomes more prevalent. Um, hopefully. Uh, we'll get to a point in, in, you know, the U.S. where we can be shutting down maybe city by city, not ac- across the whole country at one time and, uh, you know, quarantining, uh, specific locations rather than, than everybody. Well, that might give us a chance to, you know, send all the baseball players to, to Phoenix and play there or something, um, and just have it on TV. But I do admit things are getting a little, a little, uh, unlikely. Yeah, yeah. You, in that story you mentioned by Andy, I mean, he he gave the example of the Henshin Tigers uh, in the Nippon Professional Baseball League, and uh, 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 one three members of that team tested positive, so practices were were canceled, yeah. but the rest of the team went into quarantine. Um, the the league insisted its season is still going to start on April twenty fourth as planned, but um, it's really unclear even now. If that's going to happen, if that team will simply not be able to participate, um, yeah, it, it, and and you, you know you're talking uh, statistically, you have 30 teams, you know, 40 man rosters on each team. That's a lot of people, and there's a lot of statistical probability then that somebody somehow is going to test positive for this along the way, whether that's you know in the next few days or whether it's in the you know the oncoming months, even beyond July. So, what kind of protocols would be in place? MLB, you know, and, and every other professional league hasn't really gone into detail yet about the planning for those things. But you got to think that those kind of plans are being laid out along with plans for every other right. scenario. I mean, this, you know, there are so many what if scenarios that have to be made. That along, you know, some of them simple. Like I talked to a guy from the Altoona Curve the other day, and they've come up with three different dates, three different contingency plans just for how they would distribute their promotional items. <laughs> so <laughs> so you have something as simple as that that requires, you know, a significant amount of planning and work and detail and arranging for issues as complex as running a season. It's just, you know, staggering the amount of preparation and game planning and fallback planning that would have to go into something like that. So... You know, I can't, I'm not saying it, it, it couldn't be done, but boy, when you really sit back and, and think about it, um, the odds of, of it happening really start to seem a lot longer. And at this point, I think I'm, I'm just talking in, in general about a, a, you know, a championship season, a season that would, would have regular season games culminating in some sort of playoffs. And that's one thing that JMO mentioned the other day to us was that, you know, the players want to have a legitimate you know, if this is set up, they want to have make sure it's a legitimate playoff that you're not playing a three week season and going to a playoff right. or whatever. They want it all, to, you know, as fun as that would start, be. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm starting to wonder if 
could could there still be some kind of air quotes season that maybe wouldn't culminate in a World Series? I think it would be meaningful just to have baseball, not necessarily a World Series, perhaps it could, just because logistics and timing and everything, but just for there to be games, some sense of normalcy of of the world before. You know, to pull a date out of the air, February 15th, 2020. You know, just to have that. So maybe that's the best. I'm starting to find myself thinking that might be the best I can hope for. It's a couple of so would weeks teams, or months. Would, would teams want to do that, though? I say that because once games start, they're going to have to start paying players, right? Yeah. And if you don't give them a postseason, there's going to be... And you don't fill the stadiums whatsoever, right? If we're in empty stadiums for a month, you know, a month and a half, I don't know that the Pirates are going to get enough money from their local TV contract or whatever they get from the league to make that worthwhile, right? They're going to have to pay these contracts. And so they'd probably rather just not play a season and not have to pay anybody anything uh, beyond what they already have. I mean, that's just kind of my read on it is like the postseason would kind of make, even if it's a two and a half, three month season and in the postseason, and maybe we call it something different this year. I don't know, but enough to give them, um, the TV revenue that's going to come into the playoffs, even in empty stadiums. I don't see that teams are going to want to do it otherwise. Yeah. And I think players would want to, if only because it gets them their money or prorated portion of it. But I, I think there's going to be a pretty big battle between the league and the union to, to figure out how to do that. But at the same time, while I say that, the union, you know, is going to raise hell if there is time to do a season and the league decides not to have one, yeah. right? Isn't that almost an even worse situation for the league <laughs> is they, they things are cleared up and, you know, football teams start their training camps in late July and baseball says, yeah, I don't know if we can really fit in a whole season. I don't know if it's really worth it or a half season or whatever. Uh, it's going to be a sham. The Miami Marlins are going to get in first place by the time the season ends. It's going to... You know, these teams that have spent a zillion dollars will have a, a five-game losing streak and knock themselves right out of it. Um, but the players' union would 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 be absolutely, you know, righteously peeved if they had a chance to play a season and make recoup a bit of their salaries, and the league decided not to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's and it, it's well, I and mean, a lot of it, you know, the argument, a lot of the argument centers around the you know the financial aspect of it, and and getting paid and, and making the revenue and and whatnot. And, and I get that because that's it's a business. You know, it's entertainment, yeah, but it's it's also a business. I guess, uh, you know, is there a point where, I guess, could baseball, could you ever see a point where Tony Clark and Rob Manfred say, you know what, for the good of the country, we're going to play some games. We don't, you know, we're, 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 yes, there's, there's money and service time and all these issues. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe we, as much as we can treat this like it's a season that it, it's not a season. It's, it's not, it's nothing that's going to happen as a season that this is something totally different that, that people will be paid differently and, and whatever. And we can work all that out. But just so people come off of the ledges and off of the bridges and away from the windows. On their really tall buildings, let's play some freaking games and yeah. cheer the people. I mean, that, up. that very that very elongated pause on my end was <laughs> a lot of thoughts whirling through my mind. There, I think in a perfect world they'd love to do that. Of course, we're 
living in very imperfect times. <laughs> yeah. I think they would love to be that sort of beacon in the darkness and baseball would love to have that, right? They're the midsummer classic. They're the national pastime. They would love to be, uh, you know, the same as this post nine 11 thing that the moment that sports comes back is this, this wonderful, uh, patriotic moment. We'd love to have that, but the problem right now is as soon as you bring people together, you're putting other people at risk mm-hmm. and, um, let's, let's not kid around. Most, most coaching staffs are, are potentially at risk, uh, or many coaches are potentially at risk given their age. Um, a lot of ball writers are potentially at risk given their age. Um, players are, are, you know, in all likelihood, most players would get through this fine. But we've, we've seen around the world, that, you know, young people are not immune to this. Healthy people are not immune to this. And, uh, some terrible things could happen. I don't think, Either side is willing to risk that. There's some language in the agreement they struck last week that basically says, um, now this can be agreed upon to, to be, you know, tossed out. But as of right now, the agreement is, um, that they won't play until it's, uh, you know, CDC has, has, uh, cleared everyone or, you know, fans returning to baseball and, and fans being back in the ballpark. And so that's a big leap from where we are today to that. So let's say they waive that, which I think is, is, you know, realistic. If they if they say, hey, we can have a, a half season, uh, July through September, and have a, a later postseason, it's going to be legit. It's going to be above board. It's going to count for the record books. Um, but you can't have stand uh, fans in the stand. Okay, I think I think they'll they'll take that uh, for a number of reasons, and I think fans would take that because hey, if we're going to be sitting at, at home a lot, even if you know the the quarantine is lifted, the official one then we'll probably still be at home a lot, and I'd love to see some baseball on TV. So I am in that camp with you. Uh, I would love to see that happen. Right now, though, I think the union would be extremely protective of players uh, from a safety standpoint, as much as they'd like to get them their, their finances back in order. I, know, I just It would be a pretty awful situation if they come back and don't have proper testing in place, don't have instant you know five-minute testing or something like that at the gates and one player infects another and then we have to shut the whole thing down again. I mean that you just there's no coming back from that this season mm-hmm. and you will you will I mean I don't know who gets fired for that but <laughs> it, it'll look like it'll, if it goes poorly it'll look like a terrible idea and a very predictable yeah. uh, bad outcome. Well if they, if they do get started uh again I think we're all in agreement that anything before July 1st is is not doable simply maybe even the middle of july you're going to need th- at least three weeks or or, or so of a yeah. of, of ramping up so the, you know the, the, among the scenarios that have been thrown out if there is some sort of resumption would be carrying the season into november playing world series games playoff games at, at neutral sites warm weather sites um yep you know, I, I guess you, you too. I, I guess I've just been assuming all along too that hey, just having baseball back would be great. But then if you start making it something that is going to count historically and and whatnot, if if you're making more radical, I mean, making those radical changes to it, what would that matter as well? Would that carry weight? Would that taint the season as well? I guess that you know there, there are other those are other things I'm considering. It's like is this even worth playing at that point when you're starting to throw in yeah. all those other factors? Uh, I guess maybe what I'm thinking is we just get to 
September and say, hey, we're going to have a best of seven series between the Dodgers and Yankees, and we're going to play it <laughs> in an empty stadium in St. Louis. <laughs> Why'd you pick St. Louis? <laughs> That's middle of the country. I thought, you know. The Dodgers are like, please don't send me to St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> the only person I'll let in would be David Freeze. He can sit there and root for the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it's, I think just in general, if, if I'm starting to think, like I say, I'm still like on you, I'm like you, I'm still on team. Hey, maybe we can do this, but I'm, I'm starting to think that the best thing to, that I can start doing, that, that people can start doing is start looking forward to maybe college football or the NFL. Let's take a brief little pause. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash Yins for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Yins for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. In the meantime, we're, you know, we're just having... We're trying to come up with the most interesting ideas we can. Uh, today, Rob, I <laughs> dropped a, an oral history of the making of Air Bud, the 1997 classic <laughs> family film. Yes. So I didn't talk, I, I don't want to spoil this, but I didn't talk to the dog. The dog is a dog and didn't last this long. Uh, uh. but, you know, we're having a little bit of fun. I, uh, I, I, you know, sat on the couch last week one night and, and watched Air Bud. And I just might roll through that entire series because they have every sport imaginable so that's what i'm doing to stay to stay sort of keep my mind active is watching kids movies uh what are you what are you doing to to, oh also another shout out to myself the dice baseball game that my dad um invented way back when he was a teenager i wrote a story about it last week uh played a game socially distanced with with sean gentilly and uh ended up losing that one but it was it was very fun and i've had a number of people emailing and uh, tweeting saying they tried out the game and they want me to make a video to to explain a little bit more of the the nuances of it so i we're just getting weird over here uh so i don't know what you guys are doing uh over uh at your house well yeah like you it, it's been uh a lot of that that kind of weirdness and normally i mean I, i'm a guy who i like to have off-center story ideas in the first place and this one has kind of forced me and everybody actually all the writers to to stretch a little bit coming up with story ideas and then i had one last week where um i wrote myself a letter from 2025 saying hey this is where the pirates are here we are five years later and look look they're on the cusp of maybe you know making it to the world series this year and uh, when I wrote it, I kind of thought, well, this is just one of those things that maybe a lot of people are going to look at me and shake their head and walk away. I get that a lot. And it was actually very well received. And I've got a lot of comments from it, both in the comment section and just in, in Twitter and, and emails and such. And, when, you know, it, it was one of those, you know, crystal ball peaks at a what if world kind of thing. I, you know, I, 
kind of a you know man in the high castle version of the pirates in, in a world where things have, have skewed and reality is, is bent from, from the, the trajectory we all thought it was on. One of the, the things that, that happens that, that kind of sparks that is uh, the sale of the pirates. Uh, I, I have Bob Nutting, I believe it was in the year 2022. Uh, September 2022. There we go. Where he uh, sells the team to Thomas Tull, uh, which maybe catches a, little, a lot of us off guard. I mean, I've always been in the in the camp where, I mean, Bob has said repeatedly that he's not going to sell. He has no plans right now to sell the team, that he wants to keep it for his family. He wants to turn it over to his kids and have them run it for the community, of course. And... Um, you know, that's I, I believe him because he's sitting on a gold mine. You know, I mean, if, you know, but but what might it take for him to change his mind? What would it take for him to finally say enough of this and and take his well, not cut his losses because there's going to be some very big gains. <laughs> so to take his money and run, and I thought maybe the circumstances of 2020 combined with the, the past couple of years in, here in Pittsburgh, might be enough to change his mind and sway him to finally say yes when Thomas Tall calls and says, hey, you are thinking about selling. Um, <laughs> Thomas Tall says, I'm still here. Yeah, you know, I think he's he's very quietly. I mean, there was a couple of years ago we heard Thomas Tall's name a lot, and yeah. then it kind of backed away, quieted down. And uh, I know I, I remember talking to one player in particular after that season it was the final week of that season um, when we ended the year in Washington. What was that? Uh, they all blur together after a while. But the player said, Boy, so are you going to write about tall buying maybe? a team? And, you know, apparently there had been pressure. You know, there had been, I don't want to say talks because that's maybe it wasn't quite that formal serious. Right. But at least been hints and nuances and ind- indications and whatnot that this guy was interested and that had been made clear. And the, it got to the point where the players were all aware of it, and they thought that maybe something was going to spin out of this. It ultimately did not. I think you know, what happened is obviously Bob said, no, I'm not interested in doing that, and that was that. But, you know, Thomas Tall wants to buy a major league baseball team. He wants to run a, a big league club. He's made that pretty clear. People I've talked with in MLB are aware of this. And they he would be, a good, you know, from all appearances, a good owner. He's an outward you know, very player centric kind of guy. He's, he's very committed to winning. He's a part, you know, minority owner of the Stillers. Uh, so, you know, he's a guy who's done a lot of things and has been successful. So he would be the kind of stuff that the Major League Baseball is looking for. So I have Tull buying the team and then the Pirates spend money on big time free agents and, and actually go on and win a bunch of games. So what do you think? Would, would, <laughs> would Bob Nunning, and this is again, just, Informed conjecture, but conjecture nonetheless. Would would Bob Nunning, in our lifetimes, consent to selling the Pirates? Well, I think Toll definitely is at the top of the dream list for mm-hmm. Pirates fans of who they'd like to own the team. Maybe maybe Mark Cuban is is above him, right in line with him. Maybe, yeah. But I, I loved your letter. People need to read it. Please read it. It's very <laughs> much rosier than the current situation, and. That was something I'd been thinking about quite a bit was I, you know, try to, I try to take perspectives of, of different people around the game in times like this. And I've, you know, thought a lot about minor league players who aren't going to get paid very much, if at all, this year. I've thought about guys on the fringe of the um, MLB roster, things so simple as like, what if you just bought a house and you need to pay a mortgage and now you're not getting any 
Um, you don't have a ton of money in the bank and you aren't getting paid for who knows how long. Like that's, it's a weird time to be in. Now I think like, you know, guys making a couple million the last few years will probably be okay. It's just, this is uh, pretty unprecedented. We don't know how long it's going to last. So from a player perspective, strange. From a coaching perspective, I mean, this is Derek Shelton has wanted to have a managerial job for ages. He got it and now doesn't know when he'll actually get to manage his first game. And from a fan perspective, this all sucks. From a broadcaster's perspective, well, this is – we had Greg Brown uh, announcing a wiffle ball game yesterday down in Florida somewhere, it looked like. Uh, so this is – from a ball rider game, we're watching Airbud, and uh, so from an owner's perspective, now this is the real interesting situation because we don't know exactly how much go- comes in or goes out for Bob Nutting and his all of his endeavors. We know he has a lot of money in newspapers. This is uh, not a good time for media companies or newspapers, to put it you know flatly. And we know that he has an asset in the Pirates that's extremely valuable uh, in the long run because, well, he didn't pay all that much to buy the team, uh, you know, compared to what team valuations are today. And even if you don't think the Forbes valuations are are totally accurate, whoever and whenever the uh, a major league. Uh, you know, NBA, NFL, NHL team is sold, they're very, very valuable assets. And uh, you can make a ton of money. Now, if you listen to people around the Pirates day to day and who like sort of know the finances of it, they make it seem as if it's not real. Um, you don't make a ton of money year to year when you don't have a playoff team. And if you listen to certain people, you don't make like any money. They like to they like to paint it as if Bob Nutting is like losing money right now with bad teams. And I can't tell you if that's right or wrong because he won't open, you know, he won't tell us exactly what the numbers are. And, you know, I guess not many owners are going to tell you exactly what the numbers are. He's going to continue to sort of cry poor. Fans are continuing to say he's raking in money and say he's Scrooge McDuck, right? So we have these, these polar opposite sides. I don't know that the fan outcry would ever be enough to make Bob Dudding sell. It can't be enjoyable to be on that side of it, mm-hmm. where probably we're talking probably like a, a, a tiny percentage of fans would approve of the job he has done, right? Like, I don't know if you agree. It's probably like less than 10%. I would say that Bob Nutting has sounds about right good as they'd like yeah this this is, a, this is a bad time to be asking that too right maybe if i yeah. asked in 2015 it would be a different story so i don't know that that would ever force him out because you're right uh, owning teams like this is a it's a legacy thing you'd love to pass that down to your kids um you know I, I would love to have enough money one day to be able to pass a major league baseball team down to my kids how great would that be uh doesn't look like it's probably in the cards but the the other question is what does a year like this and this is finally the question you asked. What does a year like this do? <laughs> and I'm not sure because I don't know what the day-to-day operating costs are of a Major League Baseball team. But clearly there's going to be, regardless of what anyone in the organization tells you on a normal year, there's going to be a lot of money lost this year. You have um, a ton of stuff going on in and around the ballpark uh, that even if you aren't paying player salaries, you have to pay to keep things going. And you're not getting money back from your TV contract. You're not getting national TV money. And you're not getting fans through the turnstiles. And so there's going to be, I think for a lot of teams, a, a massive hole this year. No matter how many, even if you get in a, a half season, you, you still missed um, 
well, half of your revenues. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's going to be, uh, it's got to have an impact somewhere. And I think we'll see where it has an impact with the pirates. Uh, I don't necessarily think this leads to him selling in the near future, but maybe it contributes to a problem that was already there, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe there was some, uh, there have been financial issues in the past and this is just, you know, a bridge too far for Bob Nutting. I don't know where that line is for him, but certainly this year could be something that contributes to getting, getting him across it. And, mm-hmm. um, sure, I could see, you know, Rob, there's no reason to think that down the road, baseball teams are going to be any less valuable because of what happened this year. It really does seem like this is probably going to be a very large blip on the radar. And so I don't think that the Pirates will be, you know, less valuable if you sell them two years from now than if you did last year. But yeah, maybe this does put him in a situation where he'd rather have that capital than, uh, and sell that asset than, than keep waiting around and keep taking the insults from the fans and keep, uh, well, not winning. So. I'm kind of on the fence there. I could see a way that it could it could contribute and and push him across that line, but I don't necessarily think it's you know um, uh, it's certainly not a certainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always seems to seem to me that when they've talked about um, spending money on the team, whether it be putting up a new scoreboard at PNC Park or or, or, or spending for free agents or, or whatnot, that I've always gotten a sense that 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 they they, they Bob Nutton has some money put aside as part of a plan. And then when we get to this point and, and the, and the team is here, then we can spend this additional money or this money that we, you know, because this will help us to achieve this goal of getting to the next stage instead of just trying to do more, you know, and, 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 and maybe at the outset and go from there. It's more of a plotted, planned kind of spending plan, um, which is fine. You know, you, you know, they, they can, there's nothing wrong with running. It's certainly a, a solid way to run a business. However, the circumstances of this year, like you say, yeah, you, you potentially you're going to lose at least half your revenue. Maybe much, much more than that if there's no season at all, as we just discussed. So, what does that do then to this plan that Bob has drawn up? You know, with the help of the front office and, and whatnot, towards you know a trajectory that leads to. A championship quality ball club that they always talk about. You would ha- have to think that it's significantly disruptive, that it's setback things. That now does this change your player acquisition plan? Does this change your player development plan? Does this change how you approach free agency? And can you afford to make the changes that you need to make now? Um, you know, this is not going to be easy for clubs like the Pirates, and a lot of the rules set up now with the, you know, the lump sum payment of the players and, and things like that are are not going to be beneficial to the Pirates in the short term, certainly. So, what's already an uphill climb for this franchise and for this ownership is even more of a steeper climb now. I, you know, that makes me think that maybe you're right. Combined with just the fact that you know, I don't know if people are throwing eggs at his car, and believe me, I'm no way condoning that. Do not throw eggs at people's car. Um, yeah, just skip that. You need to harvest those and, and hang on to them because you need scrambled eggs here in quarantine. But maybe that just weighs on you and, and wears you down. And, and if you're Bob, you're thinking, "Geez, one year like this just happened. What if something like this happens again?" You know, I mean, what was at one time looked like a really safe investment, owning a baseball team, not an investment obviously anybody can make. But, you know, it's you look at the valuations of these clubs and how even with the Pirates, how it has increased several 
times over <laughs> in the past 10, 15, 20 years, you know, it, it's a good investment. But now, given the way the world is, maybe it's not as good an investment as it was before. Maybe things look much different now to Bob Nutting and his financial planner. So, yeah, that was what went into my mind, all those things that you mentioned and, and just the, the uncertainty of, of, of life in general that made me yeah. think maybe Bob figures, you know what, I'm getting on toward, you know, toward my 50s and 60s, and maybe this is the time to take what we have and it's a significant amount and say, yeah, this is good, and it's now somebody else's headache. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's one person I have a feeling we're not going to hear from in this in this uh, <laughs> time with no baseball. Is this offseason, Bob? I think did a couple extra rounds of, of media work when he made some firings and hirings, and said, you know, let's let's do this a little more often. And I would I would love to. I think this is probably a time where he is trying to get things in order and and uh, you know plug some holes. Um, in what has to be a, a kind of a scary situation for for any owner of any business, uh, big or small. So, um, yeah, I don't think we'll be hearing much, but I would be you know very curious to hear how this is impacting really any any major league professional team, not just the Pirates, because again, we as much as we like to ask, and I, I did it with James and Tyone last week. You know, is there optimism that there's going to be a season like? It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. This goes back to the sort of Jurgen Klopp uh, school of like, why are you asking a <laughs> football manager about uh, about the coronavirus? Because like, I don't know anything. So these professional everything's you know, players, coaches, general managers, owners, they don't know anything about whether baseball could come back. Now, as we get into the summer, they might have a you know inside feed on what's happening in the league office and and in the players' union office. But as of right now, like we don't know, no one knows. I know as well as Bob Nutting does uh, if baseball is going to come back in the, in the second half or at all. But yeah, it'd be fascinating to hear what the financials behind all that are because um, as of now, I don't think we've heard from we have not heard from the Pirates that they're doing you know staff reductions or salary reductions like some other teams are and getting a lot of heat for doing that. So they they have yet to really announce that there's anything terribly different in their operating procedures. Um, above the you know the player level, so hmm. we'll see, Rob. It's gonna it's gonna play out over the course of uh, many months now, and and we'll hopefully have a little more clarity down the road. Well, I have to add that I'm in, I am an Everton fan, but I do love Jurgen Klopp, even though he's the manager <laughs> of, of Liverpool. I mean, he's uh, he's. I wish Jurgen Klopp managed the Pirates. Nothing against Shelty, but uh, he's just he's he's funny and he's he's he must be great to deal with. Um, and he's got that German accent. And it would be it would be one time that my my all those years of German in high school at North Catholic and in at Penn State would actually pay off because I could maybe chat a little just a little bit in his own native <laughs> tongue, and that would be fantastic. But <laughs> it, it just to me and, and the side of fairness too, I want to add that maybe maybe. Uh, and again, not knowing the, the details of, of the Pirates' finances, but maybe the Pirates could be better equipped to survive what is going on now simply because they are such a conservative, bottom-dollar type business model approach sure. team. You know, maybe having a rainy day fund is, is, will turn out to be a, a fantastic thing for this club That in, maybe you know, in, in an era where, where some clubs won't be able to spend as much or won't be able to or even now to keep employees on the pirates yeah. can do that so i don't want to you know i don't want to just paint a picture nutting bad 
and and do that because you know he, he's always seemed you know regardless of what you think about him as a baseball owner or baseball person he seemed like a to me a good person you know he 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 wants his players to to do community service he wants his franchise affiliated with pirates charities he wants things like that to happen so i think people who paint him as this despot who has no sense of of importance of the community and no sense of responsibility to the community i don't i've never thought that was fair and i you know maybe some of that a lot of that is going on now behind the scenes we just don't know and maybe will it'll become more apparent i think a lot of things might become more apparent in the in the months and years following um this awful 2020 yeah, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe Bob Nutting has this uh, emergency stash that he is he is laughing <laughs> at all of us for for thinking they're in trouble now because he's planned for it. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I personally didn't have a pandemic fund anywhere, but it would have been you know hindsight being what it is uh, would have been pretty clutch. I would have saved a lot of movies, a lot of shows that I binged already, and uh, probably saved some some money too along the way. <laughs> Maybe he's handing out the toilet paper from PNC Park to the, the beer vendors and stuff like that. We just don't know. But it would be great. Hey, just a, a, a quick note here, guys. It's April 1st, and we are recording this Wednesday. Uh, this weekend in the in the area, in the Pittsburgh area, there's something going on that I, I want to just bring to everybody's attention. Um, it's going to be on Facebook and YouTube. It's an emergency fund for artists webathon which will benefit local performers here in, in Pittsburgh. It's going to feature Bill Deasy, uh, Audrey Burchell. It's going to be hosted by Fat Mandy. And it's going to be from 4. It's going to start at 6 p.m. Saturday night, April 4th, on YouTube. You can also watch it on Facebook. They'll be taking donations during the webathon that will help support local artists and performers. For more details, go to theoakstheater.com. This is all sponsored by the Oak Cedar here in Oakmont. And while I'm talking about Oakmont, too, if you want to support local businesses, the Oakmont Bakery uh, right here in Oakmont is is still open for business. It's doing pickup, uh, curbside pickup. You can come in, pick up your baked goods as well. Great time to support local businesses because this is still going to be a long slog ahead of us, and we've got to help these people out. Stephen, I think you, too, might have a few uh local companies you want to uh, point out for some support. Yeah, I wanted to give a shout out today to one of our favorite takeout spots over here in the East End, uh, Pino's Italian Restaurant. It's a restaurant wine bar in Point Breeze and have just dynamite pizza. They are a family-owned operation. Uh, we've gone there probably more than we you know should admit these last couple weeks. Uh, we, My wife and I love their White pizza, Bianca pizza. You can toss in fresh prosciutto on there if you want, like me. And uh, it is a delightful place, great family, um, chef-owned place. Their kids are sent back early from school at Wisconsin and at Emory. And uh, last night when I was there picking up pizzas, they had 200 to-go boxes being set up where they were donating 200 meals to uh, homeless people downtown uh, today. So they're helping, we're helping them, and uh, it's a great place to support. So check them out. It's Pino's. It's uh, in, that's Pino's in Point Breeze. Uh, phone number is 412-361-1336. 
Well, hey, that was a interesting episode filled with gloom and some optimism and a lot of what ifing. And for the time being, I guess we're going to have a lot of what ifing um, and looking back and thinking and conjecturing. And we're hoping you stick around on the ride with us. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>